What is going on guys? Wrestle Culture back here with another podcast. And today we're gonna go over last night's NXT War Games pay-per-view. Let's go. Alright guys, so last night we had NXT's War Games pay-per-view. And to be honest, I wasn't that excited about how the show went down. Um, NXT has been really different since, you know, Vince McMahon took over the creative side of things. And a lot of the matches that were on this card didn't really get me that much more invested into this product that they're giving us now. Um... The best match of the night, in my opinion, is probably the men's War Games match. But to be honest, neither one of these War Games matches were really that memorable. Um, to be honest, like I probably will not look back at this pay-per-view and say, oh yeah, that's one of the great ones or that's a good one. I mean, the pay-per-view wasn't bad. It was decent. But a lot of this stuff seemed like they could have took place on television. But we'll get into each match and get into the predictions that I also made. Figure out which ones I got right. Figure out which ones I got wrong. And we'll go from there and we'll talk about it in the end. So, War Games started off with the women's War Games match. And it was a good way to start off the show. I mean, the logic is there. You have one War Games match in the beginning one in the end so you know the logic is there for that but the match it really it was it wasn't clicking for me like it just seemed like it was there um yeah each you know competitor as they came into the ring they brought in their own weapon and they brought a little bit more of the the war aspect into the show but it really wasn't all of that you know in the match that i can really go back to you know the most memorable thing about this match was the cora jade senton bomb off of the top of the cage which in in all credit to her i legitimately thought she got injured because she sold that very well like i was over here really contemplating like did she really get hurt and the way they played that story with Io Shirai stopping the trainers from getting her out of the ring, I did like that. I did because it made it really seem like it was gritty, like it was real, like, you know, she really hurt herself, you know. And it made sense because of the match, because if she would have left, technically their team would have lost, you know, because it's you can't escape in a war games match. So technically they would have lost the match. So I get it from that standpoint. Um, one thing that I did not like about this match though was the finish because it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, Raquel Gonzalez, she you know hit her big move on one of the members of Toxic Attraction, then her and Gigi hit you know double kicks on each other, laying each other out, and Cora J was just kind of sitting there like. Oh snap, I could pin her right now. So Cora J just rolled up, you know, the girl and pinned her. And it just kind of felt a little awkward. 
I mean, yeah, it was a nice moment for her. Probably her biggest win of her career so far. But it just kind of came out of left field. You know, compared to like previous War Games matches and, you know, compared to just, just looking at this match as a whole by itself, it kind of didn't feel like a finish. It just kind of came out of nowhere because when Raquel hit that powerbomb on, you know, that member of Toxic Attraction, it took a good couple minutes for, you know, the whole sequence to go down. So in reality, you're like, she probably could have kicked out of that. But it just, it just seemed a little awkward to me. Like, it kind of really, the end of that match on like a downturn. So it's like, it just kind of defeats the purpose of a War Games match. War Games is supposed to escalate to the point where there's a like a, a legitimate finish and it should be finishing at the height of the match like at the, the very peak and this match kind of felt like it just went down and slowly came to its stop and i just i just didn't like that i didn't um i mean it, it makes you know the tag champ seem weak because she did lay there for a good few minutes before she actually got pinned but it's it's it was okay it was okay until that point everything up until that point was just okay and then that match just the way the match ended just kind of just took me completely out of it so that yeah there's that's that i mean it was a nice way to start off the show um i did pick you know the heels to come out of this match on top so it kind of surprised me a little bit that, you know, Raquel, EO, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray got the win. But it's just the way that they went about it. I feel like it was it was a little lackluster. And I also feel like that, you know, Toxic Attraction could have used this win and really pushed their envelope a little bit further. Yes, they all are draped in gold right now, but they could have used this to say, you know, hey, we're here. We're now we're solidified. You know, we're the next big things in NXT. Didn't happen that way, but all in all, it was a decent way to start off the show. Next up, we had the tag team titles. We had Imperium going up against Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. And to be honest, when this match started, I really didn't have too many hopes for this match because you know with all the rumors about Kyle O'Reilly leaving NXT you automatically assume that you know Imperium's going to get the win like there's no if ands or buts about it but you want to see how they're going to go about it you want to see how good the match is and it wasn't a bad match at all it was a good match probably one of the top matches of the night um Imperium looked really good and I haven't had too many experiences watching them you know just basically they've mainly been in NXT UK they're just really you know starting to be in NXT like as a main feature again and I really haven't seen too much about them up until last night and Fabian Alkner, Alkner, what, uh, him, yo, that man is incredibly agile for his size. Like some of the stuff that he was doing last night, 
I did not expect him to do those type of moves last night. So this match really won me over. Even though I knew that they were going to, you know, retain their titles. This match won me over because I wasn't excited for it at all. Yeah, like, it was a really good match. Um, and after the match, you know, after Imperium did get the win, it looked like Von Wagner was going to turn on Kyle Riley, but he got the upper hand on him because he kind of expected it to happen based on his past history with his partners. And, you know, he threw up the little Undisputed Arrow signal. He, he did the DX chop. So it really seems like he's kind of foreshadowing that he's leaving and going to AEW to rejoin, you know, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. So, I mean, that's that. I mean, we kind of all expected it. I mean, if he's leaving, it's kind of assumed that most of the guys that are top talents are going to go to AEW. But, you know, that that was it was a good match. I mean, I did not expect the match to be that well. And... You know, the fact that they did put, you know, a little bit of time into this to make it seem like, you know, it could, it was a slight chance. It was a pretty decent outing for Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner up until, you know, the end of this match. Um, I did pick Imperium to come out of this match on top just based on, the, you know, the rumor mill about Kyle. So it was a good, decent match. I mean, one of my favorite matches of this card for sure. Um next match we had we had roderick strong going up against joe gacy in the cruiserweight championship match and to be honest i was surprised roderick strong got the win i mean i feel like roddy's had the title for a very long time compared to like other cruiserweight champions so i kind of felt like his time was up but WWE went in another direction with it. I truly thought that he was going to lose this match. I thought Joe Gacy had the momentum. You know, he has his new, you know, muscle. I, I thought he was going to get involved in the match more than what he did. But he kind of a little bit cost Gacy the match in a way. Because Gacy went over the top, took out all the diamond mine except for their female i do not remember her name off the top of my head right now but he his his muscle basically grabbed her casey was like no no don't do it whatever and then he just let her go and when he got back in the ring maybe like five minutes later he got pinned so he kind of sort of cost him the match in a way but it's i mean i feel like joe gacy was is a guy that is gonna get pushed in NXT, but if you if their agenda is really to push new talent, and you got this new talent that's creating buzz, whether it's good buzz, bad buzz, he's creating buzz. People are talking about him, and you have him going up against a veteran in NXT. They could use that to propel him. I mean, they get him a nice title win, his first one in the company, and they could have pushed it, but they're going another direction. Roddy still has the cruiserweight title, and you know, it just it kind of said through shocked me a little bit. I mean, it was a decent match, all in all. 
Um, but it kind of felt like a TV match. It didn't really feel like it was meant to be on a pay-per-view per se. And that was like the, the main thing I got out of this. Like outside of the War Games matches, a lot of this felt like it could have been on just regular NXT programming every Tuesday night. And that's really what it felt like. It felt like one of those matches that they just do on Tuesdays. And that's just it. And that's that's like one of my main gripes about this show. Is it doesn't it doesn't feel big anymore. No, but I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that after I get through the matches on this card. Um which leads me to the hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes, Duke Hudson. Solid match, you know, it got decent time. I really I really couldn't get behind this match too much. I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of Duke Hudson. I mean, Cameron Grimes, he's North Carolina bred, you know. So I've I've seen a lot of Cameron Grimes. And this I just really couldn't get behind the match. Like it just it just it was just there, it was just in the middle of the car. I mean, Cameron Grimes got the win pretty decisively, I would say. But it just didn't feel like it was meant to be there. And I just I don't know. It just wasn't I wasn't really into the match. Like there was, you know, decent spots, there was decent technical wrestling or whatever there may be. But I couldn't really get into it. Like, I don't know if it's cause since this transition I haven't really watched NXT because it doesn't it doesn't feel the same. It seems like they're doing a lot of stuff that the main roster does. And it's a lot of the stuff that kinda takes me out of the main roster now. Like, it's a lot of those weird, stupid, creative decisions that I just don't care for. So, I've watched here and there, but it's it's really taking me out of it. The fact that a lot of these guys are coming in and there's not really nobody that you know anymore. Like, uh, they're pushing so many new guys and the older ones are kind of phasing out. I was like, you you gotta build relationships with these people, and it's hard to do, especially when it's still branded as NXT. NXT is black and gold takeover, high technical work, high performance, great wrestlers. Like NXT black and gold was the perfect main roster product, and they called it their developmental product. Now it's like they're regressing. To, to go back to like a like a uh, OVW or you know FCW they're trying to basically cut the legs out of NXT like if this wasn't NXT and they just made a whole nother show and replaced like 205 Live I wouldn't care I would look at it different but NXT Black and Gold is beloved by so many fans that this product doesn't feel the same and according to the talent backstage, it don't feel the same backstage either. 
So it was really, it was really hard for me to like really get into it. Um, and we had our main event. We had Black and Gold NXT versus NXT 2.0. And this match was definitely match of the night for me. Um, I did like how they changed up the dynamic from the first match being that in the first war games match the faces had you know the two-on-one advantage versus in this match the heels had the advantage and i get why they did it you know in you know the women's match you wanted them to have the faces come out and have on top but then on the back end you wanted the men's heels to be on top and i get it but the war games match really benefits from emotion, drama, and the fact that the heels normally have the advantage. That gives sympathy for the baby faces. It gets the fans more excited when another baby face comes in. And it's just it's a it's a formula that works. When you do that and you have the faces with the advantage. You're kind of giving off the vibe that you want sympathy for your heels, which you don't want. Unless it's like a a person that you really, really can't stand, like really hate. You don't want to feel sympathy for them. But if they're getting double teamed because of an advantage given to their faces... It's, it's a little bit of a conflict. So I think that's part of the reason why the women's match kind of didn't click for me. Because of that dynamic. But I understand why they did it. But in this match with the heels getting the advantage. It works perfectly. Because you, you have Carmelo Hayes starting off the match. You have Johnny Gargano starting the match. Which Johnny Gargano is already one of the most beloved superstars in the NXT program. And when it comes to him possibly leaving WWE, he's going to get so much sympathy from being the man under the underdog. You can't tell me that that's not a formula that's not going to work. That formula is time and tested and it works every time if they do it right. You would, And combined with the fact that Johnny Gargano might be leaving, he came out with his old interest titantron the music and he had his ring gear pieced together from different gear that he's worn throughout his years in nxt that's sympathy waiting to happen because everybody wants to see it and everybody wanted to see johnny go out on top if he is going out but the match all in all was great i love how this match went one thing that was a little bit weird to me was when the second member from nxt 2.0 came out no it was a third member that came out when the third member tony d'angelo came out he put the chain around the gate but there were still two members to come out tomato champa had to come no Eli, LA Knight had to come out. Champa still had to come out. 
and Braun Breaker had to come out. LA Knight went over the top and Breaker, who's a part of their team, basically had to break into the cage because his teammate locked everybody in. Which, that, I get it. But, it would have benefited a lot more had Team 2.0 waited until Breaker got into the match and then locked the cage. So that when Champa came out, they was working on keeping Champa out of the match. Which, I, it just it was just a little bit weird. It wasn't bad, but it was a little bit weird that they did it that way. Like, especially when the heels got the advantage, you could have you could have battered the three baby faces and had Champa trying to get in every time he's trying to get in. Somebody's knocking him off the cage. Somebody's knocking him off. And you could have had Champa get in, you know, another like way. But it's just it it threw me off a little bit. But it was just one little nitpick that I did have about this match. Um Grayson Waller, he looked good. Um, especially the two dives he did through tables. They both looked really good. Um Tony D'Angelo, he was kinda like the weak link on two side to me. Personally, it just he just felt a little bit off. Carmelo Hayes looks really good. And I understand, you know, why he's been getting the pushes that he's been getting. Cause Carmelo Hayes is a he's a really good guy. Like he's probably one of the few people in this 2.0 lineup that I could have seen prospering on the black and gold. He he looks ready to you know really get pushed to the moon. And how can I would not be surprised to see him as NXT champion at some point down the line before he goes to the main roster. But all in all, the MVP of 2.0 was Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker, he he already looked good. Yes, he had his little slip up in the one title match he had with Ciampa. But Braun Breaker looks really good. Like, Breaker could go on to Raw SmackDown right now and could legitimately be a contender for the, for the big titles. Like, Breaker looks really good, and they're pushing him. Like, they're pushing the hell out of him. Um, Breaker, he he got the, the charisma, the size, the build. You know, he's a decent talker. Breaker is one of those guys. He might be a generational talent. Like if they if they book him right, and Breaker puts in the work, he could be bigger than both his dad and his uncle. He could be bigger than them both. He just has to put in that work, and WWE has to not fuck it up when he gets to the main roster. That's the one thing that scares me, but it also doesn't scare me as much because Vince is basically running NXT now. So I feel like with Vince running NXT and WWE, Breaker has the best chance to move on and still keep his momentum. Team NXT, black and gold, they looked good. They always look good. 
those are the guys that we've been seeing forever. They've always put in work. They've always had classic matches. The DIY reunion was really, really good. Like it just gets you in that emotional gland and it makes you want to see them win. And when NXT lost this match, everyone booed 2.0. Now, I don't know if that's by design, but everybody had heat. Like, everybody hated it. Because I think a lot of the fans really wanted to see Johnny Gargano go out on top. And the fact that they lost and, you know... This might have been Johnny Gargano's last match. They really, they really got the heat on all of these guys. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be you know nice to see how the people come out of this and they get pushed. Because out of this match, I feel like you know Carmelo's already at the top spot. He already has the belt. Breaker, he's destined to be the next NXT champion in my opinion. And you know, Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo. I don't know where they stand right now. Um Grayson Waller seems to be like a decent athlete, but I think his character is gonna need a little bit of reworking. Cause right now he just kind of looks like the college jock that just decided to wrestle after he got out of college and played football. He kind of just he kind of gave me that vibe, but he his character's gonna need some work. Tony D'Angelo, he's just kind of I feel like he's just main card like mid roster to jobber territory. Like I don't I don't see him really going. And, you know, being a world champion in NXT or WWE. But he's just kind of, he's just kind of there. He just, it was, he was just like a body that they needed for that side. So it's going to be really interesting to see how everything comes out. Um, I normally don't check out, you know, the regular NXT shows nowadays. Just because the 2.0 model doesn't really, you know, complement me that well. It doesn't really fit my, my, my interest levels. But I will be checking out NXT this week. Only because Kyle O'Reilly is having a steel cage match with Von Wagner. Which this might be his last match in NXT. Johnny Gargano is going to make some sort of announcement based on... You know his future in wrestling in WWE, however that may be. So I will be checking it out just to see what happens with those two situations. Um, but NXT really isn't on my top priority right now. Like, yes, I watch pay-per-views. Yes, I'll you know sit here and do predictions and reviews for the pay-per-views. But the actual shows, I'm not really into it just because i can really see the the real rebuilding of it i kind of want to see it after it's been kind of fluctuating and moving for a little bit because right now looking at it it, it bothers me because it's not what we're used to as 
NXT. NXT had a certain standard about it, and this this isn't it for me. One thing that I can say about the NXT product right now is it's kind of it's kind of a push and pull. Like you want to give it a chance and say, hey, their development they're developing people now to be better suited for the main roster okay that's fine you know they want to change the look they want to change the style they want to change the aspect of it that's all that's fine but some of this stuff is just plain stupid like and some of the stuff you just can't get behind like one thing that i did see that I just cannot get behind. NXT announced their next pay-per-view, which is coming pretty much right after their, you know, the day one pay-per-view. And I just, the name of this pay-per-view, it just, it just behooves me. Like who in their right minds thought that this was a good idea for a pay-per-view name like it doesn't even make sense like logically it doesn't make sense so nxt's next pay-per-view big tv special is called nxt's new year's evil new year's evil how why does that make sense to anybody you see you know i was fine you know with with wwe wanting to do day one pay-per-view that's fine and then they didn't want to do a little special for do, for new year's cool why is new year's evil a good name out of all the things you could have done for nxt special you want to name your pay-per-view NXT Evil. That makes no sense at all. Like, I, I get it. You want to have a special for New Year's and you already got the day one pay-per-view. I get it. But you had a, a perfectly good old property that you could have used just for this moment you could have named this pay-per-view nxt's new year's revolution you could have get you could have let them use that name that would have been perfectly fine Hell, you could have even put new year's resolution you could have put like just nxt new year's battle something but new year's evil new year's evil that's the best thing I could have thought of. Out of all the people that work there, getting paid millions and millions of dollars, you want New Year's Evil. That's completely a Vince McMahon idea. And I can just see him just going off, just trying to get somebody behind it, and he just can't do it. Like, man, I, I, I feel like this is one of those things for the new generation back in 93. Like, this is something, this is that kind of bad idea. Like, this this just doesn't <laughs> new year's evil doesn't make me want to watch the damn show it doesn't 
like it just makes me think oh it's evil damn a new year new year is evil bro new year is supposed to be a good time it's supposed to be about resolutions you know everybody got these goals that they not gonna complete nobody completes their new year's resolutions but y'all y'all want to make new year's evil <sighs> anyways this pay-per-view like in my mind this was a mid-level pay-per-view like c minus borderline d level like this was really it's kind of pointless outside of the war games matches like honestly they could have just had the war games matches and it would have been just as fine like because nobody's gonna remember any of these matches from this show at all like i i'm trying so very hard not to look at nxt 2.0 in the same light as nxt black and gold but it's so hard when you've grown so accustomed to the level of competition inside of nxt to go and see the, that the way nxt has been shaping like and it's it's very disappointing because i if i didn't watch anything else no, if I didn't watch Raw, if I didn't watch SmackDown, I had to watch NXT. Because NXT had so much talent. So many actions that made sense. And the matches, especially pay-per-view quality matches that they had, it was, bar it was top none. NXT was WWE's best product. And in a matter of months, it's becoming the worst. Like, it seems like NXT was, was at the top of the mountain. It was above Raw. It was about level with SmackDown. Now, they didn't put NXT under the mountain. They said, we're gonna take y'all back, start y'all from ground zero like y'all a new company. And y'all gonna have to go at it. Like, nobody wants to see that. Like, if Vince McMahon really wanted to, like, change NXT and get people into his shape a little bit more, he could have been more involved with NXT and still let it be what it was. Like, you could have reworked NXT. You didn't have to completely uphaul it change everything that the fans loved about it and throw that shit in the garbage and light the bitch on fire like ain't none of it matter like and that's really how i feel about it if i feel like nxt black and gold got thrown away into a trash bin and lit up to smoke and that's that's just that's just how it is like i wouldn't be surprised if literally every championship belt in nxt gets changed to some white and rainbow splatter belt because that's just how it that's just how it looks now bruh like it looks like they want to change everything about the old black and gold brand so why not change the belts too like it just it just doesn't feel the same anymore like i'm i'm a i'm a big fan of pro wrestling as a whole i always try to look at the positive side of things and i've really been trying to give nxt a chance and i'm gonna still give them a chance 
but it's not a good thing to watch when you become so accustomed to something and then it just gets ripped away like i'm i'm one of those guys i watch the shows i watch raw i watch smackdown i watch nxt i watch aw i watch mlw i watch new japan i watch a lot of wrestling because i love the game i love pro wrestling but when you sitting here and you you doing stuff like changing nxt and releasing all these people people that you know everybody got behind in nxt but now all of a sudden they're not good enough for y'all like when you're doing stuff like this it's hard to really get behind it like and this pay-per-view to me was like a real indicator of like things to come because it's just you 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 set aside this time for pay-per-view and you got people you know invested in it because it's war games everybody's has loved the war games ever since it came back and these matches don't even seem memorable anymore man it really doesn't like and that's it's literally just because of the way that they're booking the shows and the fact that you know nxt is still inside of the capital wrestling center like nxt takeovers were big like if you had nxt at the you know the full cell arenas cool but takeovers takeovers was big they had them in the big arenas barclays you know toronto austin dallas yo they had them in the big arenas and the fans lit up for nxt some some nights nxt shows got more pops than the, the main roster shows on the next night and it just like now the atmosphere just it just it feels small time it feels like y'all are capping them at small time like i get it nxt the regular show has always been a small crowd but when it came to the pay-per-views they always got a main arena like even since the day one since the first pay-per-view they had it was in a big arena wwe has whole crowds at every show now at every pay-per-view why are y'all still holding nxt back in the capital wrestling center if they if you did a pay-per-view like that last night y'all could have got tickets out of it because it's war games there's not a lot of people that have been able to watch a war games match in this day and age because they only happen once a year in wwe people will pay to see that match and y'all are capping them at one arena with a small select group of fans and that's it like i get it if you trying to start from the bottom but they they did too much at once like it was like you know one day we was watching nxt black and gold and then the next day everything we knew was gone and they just ignore it basically so i don't know this pay-per-view really has me thinking um nxt is definitely something different now and we just have to do watch and see what happens i mean you know i'm gonna still continue to give it a chance i'm gonna still try to you know watch and and like keep track of what's going on with it but 
I'm I'm really not feeling this new this new direction. So, you know, we guess we'll see what happens when it comes to that. Um, as far as what's coming next, you know, I do watch Monday Night Raw. I do watch AEW. I do watch you know the MLW shows, but I don't really talk about them on this you know link. And I do watch SmackDown. So what I'm thinking is on Tuesday I will be looking into Monday Night Raw talking about that on Thursday I will be talking about NXT and quite possibly AEW in the same episode not sure yet I might talk about NXT separately it really just depends on what actually happens on NXT if it's something memorable that happens on NXT or something worth talking about then I will make another episode on Wednesday if not then I would just have NXT and AEW both on Thursday and on Saturday I will get Friday Night Smackdown and I will get Rampage that's my plans that's my schedule that's what I'm going for um if you don't do nothing else at all the rest of your day please like download the podcast share it blow this podcast up because I like talking about wrestling and if people are listening I'm going to keep talking about it you know give me the motivation to keep doing stuff like this because I'm going to do it anyway I just might not be recording it (laughs) so you know you know give me give me you know motivation to keep making these podcasts and bringing them to you but I do appreciate every one of y'all that's been listening um you know if you you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast at you know Spotify you know Google Apple wherever you get your podcast I'm there you know go ahead and find me on it and uh follow the Twitter page Russell Culture P follow the new Instagram page Russell Culture underscore podcast you know I'm thinking about making a TikTok don't know yet but if I do you guys will be the first ones to know about it you know check everything out and I will see you guys in the next one